Welcome back to the OU's Mishnah Yomis. My name is Jack Abramowitz, and today we are concluding the 10th chapter and the final chapter of Maseches Erevin, and we will be concluding the tractate today with Mishnayas Yudalid and Tes Vav. That will be 14 and 15. Mishnah Yudalid says, Kohen shalaka ba'o, gemi b'mikdash. If a Kohen gets injured on his finger, then he can wrap uh, some, some grass around it in the temple of Aloba Medina, but he may not do so outside in the regular country. Im Dam, and if his intention is to squeeze blood, Kanvakan Usr, then he may not do it neither in the country nor in the temple. Bozkin Melach Algabe Hakevesh, they may crush and scatter salt on the ramp. Bishvil Shalo Yachaliku so that the Kohanim do not slip on it. And they may draw water from wells or cisterns called the Bor Hagola and the Bor Hagadol using a wheel, a pulley, on Shabbos. And from a Be'er Hakar, which is a spring of living water, on festivals. Pesach, Sukkot, Shavuos. And we will now look in the Bartonuro and see why all of these things are the way they are. So if a Kohen injures his finger, Korech Aleha Gemi, he may wrap some grass around it. Even though this grass has a curative effect, it's, uh, it's helpful in healing the wound. In this instance, it's necessary for him to do his work. It's not appropriate for his injury to uh, be visible to the labor that he's doing, and therefore it's appropriate for him to wrap it with this grass. So the incidental healing factor aside, he's doing it for the sake of the avoda. Of Aloba Medina, but he may not do this outside of the temple. Because healing is not permitted on Shabbos, it's a rabbinic measure. This is because most medicines were ground, and grinding is an actual malacha. So this is not permitted outside of the temple as a rabbinic restriction, a safeguard. And as we've said, such safeguards were not enforced in the temple. But if he's wrapping this grass around his wound in order to squeeze blood, he's, he's tying it tight, he's pulling it taut so that he can squeeze blood out, then then it's not permitted in either location. Then it's wounding and an actual labor is not permitted in the temple. Only the rabbinic restrictions were not enforced in the temple. Bozkin Melach, he can spread salt. Kosasim umafazrin melach algabe hakevesh. He can crush and scatter salt on the ramp. Sha'olam bolam is beach that leads up to the altar. Mimne shachalaku, because it was very smooth. Upaamim noflimimenu, shemachlikim raglehembo. And sometimes they would fall because their feet would slip on it. Buzkin lushin kasisa, and this word buzkin, its meaning is crushing, so they can crush salt. But they may not do so in the country. Because it's preparation. They can draw from these two wells, the Bor Hagola and the Bor Hagadol. These were their names. And they were located in the courtyard there in the entry to the temple. 
begagal. They can use a wheel. Asui lahalos bo hadeli ayude chavalim. So it's a pulley system. They would, you know how it works with the well. You got the bucket at the end, and the rope goes over the wheel, and you pull it. And it was only from these two wells that they permitted drawing water using a wheel on Shabbos. But not in other wells. So they're concerned that somebody who can get water from a well so effortlessly might come to water his own personal property. So he'll just draw water using the wheel and spread it on his, his garden, and they don't want that. That's not allowed on Shabbos. So they only permitted from these two particular wells. Every other well is forbidden as a preventative measure so that we shouldn't come to water our property. Umibor hakar, actually that's what it says here in the Bart Nuro, but in uh, our mission it says umibor hakar. Because it was a spring of living water, it was called the bor hakar lashen makor. So that's a language of a, of a source. So the water flows from there. Ubor hagola beregel, and this. Uh, Water was necessary for the pilgrims who would come to the temple for the holidays. And these three prophets who lived in their time, they permitted it to them, the Malos Mimenu Begagel to draw from it using a wheel on holidays. And then the practice remained that it was permitted to draw from such wells even in the country on holidays. Masha Enkain Bashar Eros Hanovim. This is not the case uh, with other springs, uh, only with the, these particular ones. Mishnah Tes Vav. Sheretz Shinimsa Bamikdash, Kohen Matsio Behemiano, Shalo Lashahos Es Hatuma. If an unclean species, like a lizard or a weasel, is found in the temple, then the Kohen can remove it using his belt in order to not prolong the amount of time that this impurity remains in the temple. Diver Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, but Rabbi Yehuda says, B'tzvah shel es, he should get some wooden tongs, shalol rabos asatoma, in order not to increase the amount of impurity that's spread around. So one is concerned with getting it out of the temple as quickly as possible, and the other is concerned with keeping as many things as possible in state of ritual purity. Mehechan also, from where would they remove such a thing on Shabbos? Minhahechel, from the sanctuary. Uminhaulam, and from the entry hall. and from the area between the entry hall and the altar. Divir Rabbi Shimon ben Nanas. This is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon ben Nanas. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva says, Makam shechayavan al zidono kares v'yashigaso chatas. Some place that if an impure Kohen went intentionally, then he would be liable with a penalty of kares, and if he went unintentionally, he would have to bring a chatas, a sin offering. Misham motzino, so from there, they would remove it. Bishar kol hamakamos kofin alav pesachter. If it was found anyplace else, they would cover it with a type of pot. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Makam Shehitiru La Chachamim, Mishalach Nasnulach. Rabbi Shimon says, any place where the Chachamim permitted something that's otherwise not permitted, they're really only permitting something that they restricted in the first place. Shalohitirulach Ela Mishum Shvus. They only allow things that were restricted as preventative measures. They do not allow things that the Torah would have forbidden in the first place. Let us look in the Bart Neuro.
Kohen Matsio Behemyano. Kohen takes it out with his belt, Bishabis. We're not talking about on a Tuesday or a Thursday, because then he could just remove it normally. And we're not worried about him carrying the Ein Shvis because these restrictions that the rabbis impose as preventative measures do not apply in the temple. Behemyano, what does that mean? Ba'avneto, with his belt. Even though this would cause his belt to become impure, and that's a holy garment, this is still preferable. So that the impurity should not continue to remain in the temple while you go around looking for wooden tongues. But the Kohen shouldn't do it with his hands. Kohen gufe, because the Kohen should not impurify his body. Therefore, he carries it in his belt so that he shouldn't touch it. However, Rabbi Yehuda says he should go and get tzvas shel ace, wooden tongs. Being flat wooden utensils, they are not susceptible to ritual impurity. And his opinion is that this is preferable, so that he shouldn't increase impurity. Latame avne tatahar, because he's going to otherwise impurify his pure belt. Benuach lo l'shahos sham ulachazar achar hatzava milrabos esatuma. And his opinion is that it's preferable to leave it there and go looking for the tongs rather than increasing the amount of tuma. The halacha Rabbi Yehuda and the halacha does follow Rabbi Yehuda in this matter. So should it happen, the kohen would go and get the tongs. From where would they remove it? Because again, if we're talking during the week, they could just take it out from anywhere. From the sanctuary and from the entry hall. But if it's found in the courtyard, then they should cover it with the pot and leave it there until after Shabbos is over. Rabbi Akiva says, Kol makam kares. Any place that if you were to go would be liable with a penalty of kares. Im lo betuma. If he went there in a state of impurity. Dahainu kol hazara, which is the entire courtyard. Misham motzianoso. From there, such an impure species would be removed. Bishar kol makomos kofin alav pesachter. Any place else. It would just be covered with a pot, and he's defining Pesachter, which is a seer shel nechoshes. Again, it's a brass pot. Our final clause, Rabbi Shimon Omer, makam shehetiro lecha chachamim, etc. Something that the chachamim permitted is only something that they themselves restricted. Rabbi Shimon poligatana kama dela'el. Rabbi Shimon disagrees with the Tanakama, with the first speaker in an earlier Mishnah. Who says that if a string on a harp breaks, then we can tie it in the temple. He feels that we do not tie a string. Rather, you just make a loop, which is something that's restricted because of a preventative measure. And it's impossible by doing so to come to violate accidentally a biblical prohibition. But you can't tie a knot because by doing so, you might come to violate a biblical prohibition. And Rabbi Shimon says to the Tanakhama, Don't be surprised that I'm strict in this matter. But I'm lenient when it comes to the Shabbos boundary. 
That Rabbi Shimon says that even if somebody goes 15 amos outside of the Tchum, he can still come back. And uh, an astute listener pointed out to me that when I said that Mishnah, I misspoke and I translated Chamesh Asar as 25. Of course, it's 15. When it comes to Tchumen, the rabbis who are permitting it are only giving you back what's already yours. Because they know that those 15 amos aren't outside the Tchum. They're not outside the boundary. So the, the measurers, the people who are setting the boundary for the Tchum and putting out signs, they're not putting those, those markers at the end of 2,000 amos. They're actually leaving a little wiggle room. They leave the markers inside the tchum a little bit because of those who make mistakes. Because sometimes people don't see the sign. And then they walk beyond the signs and they go, oops, and they walk back. And that's why I, Rabbi Shimon, am mekel, am lenient when it comes to the Shabbos boundary. But to tie a string on the harp on Shabbos, where they only permitted to do things that were restricted by as, as preventative measures, but not something which is a biblical prohibition. Then, I, Rabbi Shimon, and Machmir, and he says that only something like a loop that's a preventative measure is permitted. But not to tie an actual knot, which some knots violate a biblical prohibition. And the halacha does not follow Rabbi Shimon, but what's important is that he follows his principle. He's very consistent in this matter. And if sometimes it makes him lenient, then he's lenient. And in some instances it makes him stringent, then he's stringent. It's not that a rabbi is always lenient or always stringent. It's that he always consistently follows the principles that he believes in and the chips fall where they may. Well, that brings us to the end of Maseches Erevin. I thank you for joining us. We continue tomorrow with Maseches Psachim. I will not be teaching that, but God willing, I'll see you in a few months when we get to Sota. Thank you for joining us.